I've got a very serious subject today that I want to talk about. And, uh, and I'm still in the series that we've been, this is be part eight in the series that I've been teaching on called uh, Passionately Presenting God's Grace and Truth. And uh, I want us to, uh, want that my, my topic today, my subject or the title of my message today is We Must Know God. And the, listen, when you, when you get a chance to, to witness to people or talk to some people about the Lord, the first thing you need to know is where are they with the Lord? Where are they? Uh, and find out if they're saved or not. That's the first place you need to go because you're not going to break through. You're not going to have a breakthrough in their lives until they first come to know Jesus. And, and they're not, listen, nobody's going to immediately know Jesus at salvation. But, but the Holy Spirit immediately comes into their lives and is sealed in their lives and protected from that moment on, just like I was at 14 when I went to Highland Lakes Baptist Camp Encampment and uh, I got saved there that night. And I still remember it to this day. It was such a a, a, a moment, uh, uh, what's a memorial experience to me that uh, I will never forget it. But that's the place you need to bring people when you're when you're witnessing to them. And helping them in in any area, you're going to need to come and find. You're going to need to get into the part of where where are they with Jesus? And and the and the way I see uh, our our nation going, we know there are a lot of people who who know Jesus. They know about Him, but there's no intimate relationship with Jesus. You know, when I was growing up, even at 14, I got saved, but I didn't know from that moment on. I didn't follow in in deeper in that walk because I was attending a church at the time, a different church. It wasn't a Baptist church. If I'd have stayed in a Baptist or if I'd have gone to a Baptist church, I guarantee I'd have got saved. I mean, I would have got a lot more deeper than I was in the church I was in. So, it's important that that you you grow and spiritually, you grow deeper. You go deeper with God. It's important that we do that. And I think a big part of the Christians are when they take a poll in America uh, and they say it's a Christian, they were questioning Christians only in this poll, you can't really, you can't really determine whether that's a correct poll or not because there are, how I many you know there's a lot of people, even you know, who call themselves Christians and you know, they, they couldn't possibly be a Christian. Or they're not deep. Or, but let me tell you something. So when I was 14 and I got saved, I was a Christian. But I didn't know what I had. And I think that's where a lot of people in America are. They might have, they might have truly got saved, but they don't know what they have. And every time I would, every time I would do something wrong uh, when I, in my teenage years, and I did a lot. I did a lot wrong in my teenage years. The Holy Spirit would always tell me. I would just sense it all the time. And I didn't know who was doing this. I thought it was just me feeling bad. But I knew some things. When I did some things wrong, I knew it. I was like, oh, that, Alan, that wasn't right. You shouldn't have done that. You know, and it was the Holy Spirit in me at the time even telling me, this is not who you are now. Amen. Y'all, y'all hear what's, so, so what I want to try to do is 
when I, when I make the statement, we must know God. There's so much in the, involved in that statement than what we think. And, it's, and, and just like when we come to communion, I don't think many people don't realize what they're doing when they partake of communion. And so what we want to do here at Maranatha is teach. We want to teach. I'd rather teach you every Sunday and Kim teach you every Wednesday than to try to entertain you with some flowery speeches and hip-hollering sermons and all that. And You know, occasionally I'll get crazy. But, but I want to teach you because you need to go deeper with God. All of us. All of us need more. And uh, there was a, there's an Old Testament book called Hosea. And I want you to read that. I want you to go and read that this week and you'll see some of the things we're going to talk about today. Bits and pieces of it. But you need to see the wholeness of what the book of Hosea is really about. It's an Old Testament, and keep in mind that it's an Old Testament book. But it's a very good, it's a very good message for us to see today where we are in this nation and what we see around us happening. We need to, we need to be bold. And we need to begin to stand up and we need to be loud. We need to be vocal. Because we're allowing, Christians in this nation are allowing the culture to dictate PC political correctness, and public correctness. And cultural. I mean, they are dictating to us what the culture should be like. But how many of you know the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? It's, it's, always, gonna, it's always relevant, always has been, and always will be because it's the, it's the Word of God. And so I want to start this morning by reading you Hosea chapter 4. And I'm just going to read through this. You, 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 okay, you got it on there too. This is the New Living Testament. It's just a little easier to, to understand and read and follow along. So, but I want to pray first. I didn't pray. I, want to, I forgot to pray. Let's pray. I want to pray for those in America. Lord, we just lift up those that are in authority in America, our president, and those in Washington who are making decisions on our behalf. Pray for them to have wisdom. I pray, Father, that they would ask for the wisdom of God for the decisions they make. What a concept. When they don't know what to do, that they would ask of you, Lord. So I pray that you would, you would give them the answers. Lord, I pray that they would ask you. And I pray that they would come to know you in a deep and spiritual way and a personal way as well. In Jesus' name. Lord, we, just, we lift up even those here in Luling, our mayor and our city council who makes decisions for us, and we don't even know what they're talking about many times. But, Lord, I pray that you would just oversee those meetings. I thank you that you've invited the clergy to come in and begin to pray before those meetings as well. I give you praise for that. And, uh, but I pray, Father, that they would always seek the wisdom of God in the decisions that they make in our, on our behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray for this message today, Lord, that people will hear it. They will take it and receive it and apply it and begin to uh, grow in their boldness and in their faith in you in Jesus' name. Amen. So it says, verse 1, Hosea chapter 4, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord, O people of Israel. The Lord has brought charges against you, saying, There is no faithfulness, no kindness, no knowledge of God in your land. This is kind of 
kind of sound familiar to us right now at this time in our history? You make vows. Verse 2, you make vows and break them. You kill and steal and commit adultery. There is violence everywhere. One murder after another. Verse 3, that is why your land is in mourning and everyone is wasting away. Even the wild animals, the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea are disappearing. Verse 4, don't point your finger at someone else and try to pass the blame. My complaint, you priests, is with you. First Peter 2.9 tells us, you are a chosen generation. All of us, a royal priesthood. All of us. All of us who are called Christians. And it says that you should proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. So, back to verse 4. Don't point your finger at someone else and try to pass the blame. My complaint, you priests, is with you. It's with the body of Christ. So you stumble. and Now, now remember Hosea is speaking this to the people in his day. But it's good for us to read today and apply it to our lives to see what's going on in our country today. Amen? So you see where I'm coming from. So you stumble in broad daylight and your false prophets will fall with you in the night. And I will destroy Israel, your mother. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. I refuse to recognize you as my priest. Since you have forgotten the laws of your God, I will forget to bless your children. Aren't you glad we're under a new covenant today? But God was very serious in that day, in that time. And you know, and we read all the things that, that Israel went through. God, uh, from the instructions that God gave Israel in the Old Testament, we can learn the principles that will lead to the prosperity or the decline of a nation. We can learn. We can read the Bible. See what happened to Israel. You look at, you see, Israel went down, they came up. They went down, they came up. They were destroyed many times. Went through destruction many times. When we understand the causes of a nation's decline, we can see that by applying the opposite, a nation can become great. Make America great again. Amen? (laughs) So, now I believe our country, our nation, the United States, of America is the greatest nation on the earth. I, I believe that to this day. Even where we are spiritually in this hour, I still believe that. But we're experiencing some very ungodly, evil ideologies and liberal thoughts coming out of political people and, and non-political people as well that I know God is not pleased with. And we as Christians need to wake up, pray up, stand up, and speak up against them. We don't just need to say, oh my goodness, isn't it terrible? Oh, look at that. Can you believe it? It's, it's, oh, it's just so bad. And we do nothing. We need to speak up. We need to be bold. Hear the word of the Lord, O people of America. Now listen, the word of the Lord by itself isn't what brings a nation out of the disease that it's in. It's the believers who hear the word of the Lord and do it. Don't be hearers only, but doers of the word of God. Because faith comes how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not the truth that makes us free. 
It's knowing the truth that makes us free. Well, we've heard that many times, but it's so true, people. It's so true. John 8, 31 and 32, in the Passion Translation, puts it like this. It says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in Him, when you continue to embrace all that I am, all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers or disciples. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. If we come to the place in our lives where we embrace the truth of God's Word in our lives, and we take it and we live it out, we don't just take it and hear it, but we live it out. We live it out wherever we are, whatever we're doing in life, in our careers, uh, in the schools, wherever we're at. We live it out. Amen? The footnotes on these verses right here says this, The truth Jesus gives us releases us from the bondage of our past, the bondage of our sins, and the bondage of religion. Do you know Jesus didn't come here to establish a religion? He didn't come to do that. And we got a million different kind of churches. A lot of them Christian. <laughs> a lot of them not. But Jesus didn't come, oh, you know, He didn't come to do that. He came back. He came to establish and to make it possible for us to have a relationship with God the Father again. Personal relationship. I, I was looking up a song, something, I forget what I was looking it up, but it, I was looking it on YouTube and I came across a song by Johnny Cash called Personal Jesus. And I listened to it for a little bit. It was so good. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of dark, you know. It's, he wore black all the time. That's why I wore black today. But, but, but he wants, listen, Jesus wants to be a personal Jesus to you. He knows, listen, he knows each one of you personally. Your reputation. He knows how you are. Yeah, your character. He knows all about you. And he still loves you in spite of all that. Amen. That's amazing. And you may think, you know, he, know, he knows everything about me. Oh, yeah. Even that. Oh, yeah, even that. I, didn't, I thought he couldn't see that. Well, yeah, he knows. Jesus, another footnote in that verse, along those verses was saying, Jesus is speaking these words to those who were not fully free from man's traditions. And he was speaking to these Jews, but they weren't free. You remember one scripture later, he talks about them being free. They can be free. And they said, we've never been slave to nobody. They didn't even know they were slaves. And, 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 and there's Christians walking around today thinking they're free. And they're not. They're bound up. They're bound up. They don't even have a bun on their head. But they're bound up. Bound up with religious thoughts and ideas. And I was too. I was too. Truth must be embraced and worked out through the divine process of spiritual maturity. You know, that's where God wants to take it. That's where we, me and Kim, we, as teachers here, pastors, we want to take you to spiritual maturity. We want to help you grow. We don't want you to stay the same. We, want, we don't want you staying in the first grade. We want to take you higher. Amen. The, the Greek word for truth is a word that means reality. The, to embrace the reality of Christ brings more freedom into your life. Remember we, the statement we make here all the time that I got from uh, a brother named Bob Hamp. 
Freedom is not the absence of something in your life. It's the presence of someone. His name is Jesus. When you find Jesus and you grow, in, you grow spiritually in your relationship with Him, you'll find freedom you, you never thought possible in your life. Man, I want that for all of y'all. I, I want it for me. I want it for all of us. And Jesus wants it for all of us. Disciples are people who follow after Jesus and who continue in His Word. And disciples are not only pastors, prophets, and evangelists, but they are housewives, mechanics, truck drivers, and architects, plumbers. God has called the whole body of Christ to win the lost. I don't care how old you are. Young or old. He's asked students to win students and businessmen to win businessmen. Today, America needs more disciples who will follow closely the Lord Jesus Christ, hear the word of the Lord, and pray for the nation. I was taking a shower this morning. Don't, don't get a visual of that. I'm glad I don't have a mirror in there to see myself either. But used to be a six-pack is now a keg. <laughs> but Kim loves it anyway. She does. But but uh, I was I was praying I was praying in the shower. Isn't that funny? How, do y'all ever do that? I sing and I pray in the shower. But I was I was just you know you get a little time in there so and you feel clean. So <laughs> I was asking the Lord about what what does He want to do for next year for the new year. And I was, you know, it's 2020. Next year is 2020. And he said, you know, and I don't know if it was the Lord or just me popping that in my mind. That 2020 is focus, you know. It's a clear vision. Vision. And I was asking the Lord, what do you, what do you want us to do in 2020? He says, I want you to get a clear vision. And I want you to help more. I want you to help the people grow more. And I, so that's where we're, that's where I'm heading, you know. I've been wanting to do that for years anyway, and I think we've done a lot of that. I'm not saying we, I'm not saying you're not maturing. You are. You, a lot of you are. Some of you, <laughs> heard a preacher tell, he was uh, teaching at his church and he told him, he says, That's, some of y'all been in here for 30 years and you ain't grown an inch. <laughs> spiritually speaking. But, but I'm not saying that about you, not you guys. No. But, uh, but that's where I believe God wants us to go and grow. That's where He wants us to grow. Uh, Spiritually, so we're going to do, we're going to see all of what God has in 2020 for us to implement those things and get more, more teaching for us all. Amen? Amen. Because, uh, America needs us. America needs the church. And I love this country and I love this world. Amen? And you have to remember we're, we're in this world but we're not of it. But we've got a whole body of Christ all around the world that needs us. And, he's, and there's so many more that aren't yet in, in Christ. And I believe there, I believe there are 3,000 people in Luling that aren't Christians. I believe that. They may say things verbally that they are, but I believe there's at least 3,000 people in Luling that aren't Christians. There may be more. But I'm just, that's a figure that I just felt came up in my spirit. There's at least 3,000. What are we going to do with them? Are we just going to forget about them and just live our lives and not ever try to do anything with them? That isn't what God called this church to do. 
When I first began pastoring in 2000, he told me this church would have a Jonah anointing. And you all know what that means? I didn't know what that meant at first. And then I read the book of Jonah about 20 times. And I see that Jonah went into a city of about 100,000, Nineveh. And he just told them to repent. And they did. And God told me, he said, you just need to go tell them. You just need to go in the city and tell them. Reach the city, however you can do that, and tell them they need to give their lives to Christ. Amen? And it can happen here too. So I'm believing for those 3,000 to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and then walk in it and become disciples. Amen? Today, America needs disciples who will follow closely the Lord Jesus. Hear the word of the Lord and pray for this nation. I believe America is a blessed. Uh, is ble- I believe it's blessed because there are strong Christians in this country. There are a lot of strong Christians in this country. And, uh, but I also know that God can't be pleased with the direction that this nation is going morally. And we can see it happening. And we see even leaders in this nation uh, calling things that are, that are bad, good. Calling things that are evil, good. And we see a lot of people doing that in this nation. And it's wrong. And that's one, one sign of the end times was that people would begin to call evil good and good evil. See, we're the ones... They call the Christians the ones today with the hate speech. So they're calling us who are good evil because we're hurting people. And I don't, I don't want to hurt anybody. I love everybody and so does Jesus. And my God loves them and they just don't know it. Okay? So we're not haters. We're lovers. Uh, So, our founding fathers established America on Christian principles, which include the right and freedom to worship God. Our nation's documents are filled with the name of the Lord and were signed after prayer. Our early presidents were godly men who prayed during the battles that purchased our nation's freedoms. They attended church and the Bible was the major textbook in the schools back then. Uh, So, the controversy that I I believe God has with us is that in our nation, we have left these foundations and principles. Hosea 4.1 says, There is no faithfulness. The second part of that verse says, There is no faithfulness, no kindness, no knowledge of God in your land. But there is a remnant, and we know that, still in this land. There is some truth of God's Word. And God is saying that the people have left His Word, the Bible, but there are Christians here who have not. And today there is little knowledge of who God is, and it's our duty to witness to those people. Many people will say that, yes, God exists, but they don't know Him. Oh, He's in the trees. He's in the flowers. He's in you and I. He is. But He's he's not a tree. He's not in... Yeah, he's not a flower. And listen, when we go to heaven, we don't become angels. We're not angels. Kim thinks I am. But, uh, but I'm not. I know I'm not. Some have only heard the names God and Jesus used as swear words. Sadly. They don't know that God is love and that he's the great I am that we sang about this morning. That's who we serve. They don't know that Jesus is the only way they can ever reach God. 
He's the only way. Oprah. He's the only way. I believe there are hundreds or maybe thousands right here in our 30 mile radius who have no personal knowledge of who God really is. You know, I've, I've told you all this before, but I remember leading a, an 11 year old boy to the Lord right here years ago. It's been 15, 20 years ago. And I asked him, did he know who Jesus was? He says, I've heard, of, I've heard about him. And I said, do you know what he did for you? He said, no. What did he do? He didn't even know what he did for him. So I explained to him. And then I, I saw him. I saw him about six months ago. And I said, you remember me? He said, yeah. I said, you know who Jesus is now? He said, yeah. I said, you know what he did? Yeah. Thank you. So God is good. We must make him known. We must know God. We have many people around us every day who believe that they have uh, uh, little, if any, need of God at all in their lives. They don't need God. What do I need God for? They don't even know they need Him. Everything's going alright in their lives and they're doing alright. They're fighting those battles in their own strength. Can you, can you believe it? And when, when tragedies happen, they crumble. They crumble. Where there is no word, there is no knowledge of God. People need the Lord. You remember that song? People need the Lord. They don't know it, but you and I do. We know they need the Lord. The people right here in this room today, today, you need the Lord. You don't just need to know Him. You need to know Him personally. You need to have an intimate relationship with Him. When people don't know God or choose to ignore the knowledge of God, they exalt man. I can do this on my own. I don't need you. I had a friend of mine who's a, a godly man, shook his fist at God years ago, was mad at him for do, something that happened in his life, and he shook his fist at God. And today he's a preacher. Amen. When they exalt man and set him up as God, they are on the road to destruction because Satan is behind that. He's the one that's telling you you don't need God. Satan wants man to glorify man and look for answers from man and not him, not God. The Bible tells us not to compare ourselves with other men. Well, at least I'm not as bad as my neighbor Steve. Is my neighbor Steve in here? <laughs> he really is my neighbor. But, but see, we say things like that. Well, I know, you know, I'm, I go to church and stuff, but I'm not as bad as that guy lives across the street from me. I've seen what he does. Come on, people. You need, to, you need to witness to your neighbors. Love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus said. But I see the standards in America lowering year by year, almost week by week. Every year the language on TV gets worse. The content gets worse. The subject matter gets racier and racier. And I guess we could say, well, at least we're not as bad as some other countries. Why should we set our standards by the standards of any other country? Other countries may be comparing themselves to America. We all need to come back to the unchanging Word of God. I really don't care if someone else believes that the Bible is outdated and and we Christians are just not with it. I may not be with it in their eyes, but I'm with Him in His eyes. Amen. Our standard is based on God's inspired Word and it never changes God's uh, 
God never changes, so His Word never changes. Amen? God's Word has been watered down and silenced in much of our public venues, and many in America have not been hearing His Word at all. God wants to bless people, but when we don't listen to His Word, symptoms of disease appear in our country. When believers within a nation turn from God, they're opening the door for Satan and for military destruction to come into that nation. I pray that it doesn't happen to America, that we wake up. I believe there's going to be a great awakening in our nation. We see in the Bible that when a nation fell, it was militarily. I still believe we have the greatest military the world has ever seen. And it's getting greater all the time. Israel resurrected from destruction a number of times. Uh, uh, God promised to Abraham that his seed would go on forever. He promised a natural seed called the Jews who would always be here. He promised a spiritual race would also be established forever. And that's all of us who believe in God. These seeds are both special to God. He is jealous over them and protects them. And those who respect them will be blessed by God. And those who do not will be cursed. God promised that those who blessed Israel would be blessed. Those who cursed that nation would be cursed. In Genesis, he said that in Genesis. When Israel rejected the Lord, they were defeated militarily and taken into captivity. And God said He would see to it that the nation would recover. But that's how serious it was for the nation to not stop hearing the Word of God. And it's that serious in America today that the church needs to rise up today. We're not going to read these verses, but Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14, describe the blessings which are promised to those people who follow after the ways of the Lord. And in, and in verses 15 through 68, in the same chapter, 28, it goes on to describe the curses which will befall a nation that does not follow after the ways of the Lord. We don't want that. We don't want that to happen to America. God is not the cause of the curse. God is the source of blessings. And He gives us spiritual and natural possessions. He, gives, he gave us this beautiful country with all its abundance. And we are thankful and grateful for this country. Amen? Amen. When He gives us blessings, it's not God but Satan who wants to take them away. He's the thief. Disobedience opened the door for Satan to curse the Israelites while they were in the wilderness. You remember they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years? But Satan was robbing them. And then they, they disobeyed. Look, look at Mark, Mark 23, Mark chapter 4, verse 23. This is the key verse in the parable of the sower. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And the Greek means there, keep on hearing. Don't just hear it once, but keep on hearing the Word of God. And the, the Passion Translation says, if you understand what I'm saying, you need to respond. So when you hear the voice of God, you need to respond. We need to respond to the voice of God. God sends the Word, the seed of the Word, into the ground. Satan came to steal the seed that was sown, and he still will if you don't do something with it. Amen? The key to spiritual growth in this parable is not found in the sword, the seed. It's not found in the sower, the seed, or the enemy who comes to steal, but it's found in the ground, your heart. Your heart. If we continue in the Word, Satan can't steal it. If we don't, neither we nor God can stop the devil from stealing the blessings of God.
from our lives. If we guard the Word of God in our heart, the Word will guard us. God gives us His Word, but we need to maintain that Word in us. It's the same with all the blessings. We need to protect, keep, and guard the blessings God gives us by following after His Word and His Spirit. Departing from God's Word brings destruction to a nation, to a generation, to a family, to an individual. It all works the same. We can see throughout history in God's Word that when Israel left God's promises, it was attacked militarily by other nations. When a nation begins to turn away from the Lord in rebellion, internal destruction comes. We're seeing this happening in our nation right now. When Jesus came into Israel, even though Israel was still a nation, it was occupied by the military of Rome, you remember. Herod and Pilate were rulers in Rome. And Jesus preached repentance, but Israel wouldn't repent. John 1.11 says he came to his own, and his own didn't receive him. Did not receive him. Finally, Jesus stood over the city of Jerusalem and wept. And when we went to Israel, our trip, we stood at that very spot. We stood right there at that very spot where Jesus made this statement. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. He said, Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled in Luke 21. In 70 A.D., Israel was dispersed by the Roman armies. And after Israel was restored, y'all remember when it was restored? In some of your lifetime, 1948, Israel was restored the country. The people of Israel began returning to the land. Israel went through destructive cycles. Uh, they're described in the book of Leviticus. You can read that. And they went through it. And we can see the evidence of God's prophecies being true. All nations can put their trust in the God of Israel. All nations can. If curses begin to overtake a nation that has not adhered to the principles of the word of the Lord, curses can be removed through faith in Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad we have a new covenant? Believers must repent for their own sins of complacency and the sins of the nation. And by returning to the Lord, cursing can be turned into blessing. So here's what we Christians must do. We must know God, first of all. We must know God, first of all. We must hear what God is saying in this hour. Hear and listen. We must not depart from His Word. We must guard the Word of God in our hearts. We must repent of our complacency. And you know what that actually just means is, let's don't be lazy. Let's take our faith and present it in the street to the people around us, to where we are, our world, our world. We must be bold, brave, and confident in our witness, but full of mercy and grace. Remember I said that, that truth without grace is mean, but grace without truth is meaningless. You've got to have grace with the truth of God today. And I think that's where the church has messed up over the years. We just presented truth with no grace, no love, no kindness. You better, you better straighten up. You better straighten your life up right now. God's going to hit you with a baseball bat. 
we gotta, we got to be full of grace. We must be obedient to follow after Christ. We must love our neighbors as we love ourselves, even Steve. We must be salt and light in this world today. Amen. Amen. We'll continue in this some more next week. You don't want to miss it. Because it's getting gooder and gooder. It's just good. Amen. God's Word is good. And God is faithful. Listen, I believe God's not going to let these terrible things happen in America. But we've got to be out there. We've got to be as loud as the, as the uh, evil voices are. We've got to be even louder and bolder. And wiser. We've got to be smart how we do this. Amen. Father, we thank You for the Word of God. It transforms everybody's life. Everyone who will receive the Word in their hearts. Lord, Your, your love for them is, is so great. It's like we sang this morning. There is no one like You, Lord. No one in this world like You. I pray that You would help us to, to be a witness to the world around us, whatever we're doing, wherever we are. Every day, help us to be bold. Help us to not be complacent about this, this life that you've given us to live. We thank you for it and we praise you for it. And this is the, the month of November of thanksgiving. Lord, help us in this month to be thankful and grateful for all the things you've given us as a nation and even us as a, uh, individuals. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're going to have some...